What's up, everybody? Welcome into the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast with your two favorite pastors on the face of the earth. And ugliest. Well, uh, we we like to say that we have uh, faces for radio, right? That's the expression? No. Faces. We it, have it, fa- no, Yeah, it is. it is. No, I know. We have I, faces my, for radio. I was more so kind of denying the fact that I'm going to ascribe to that theory, but... You just called yourself one of the ugliest youth pastors in America. Well, yeah. Right before I said that. No, I know. I I was more so going general human beings. Like, oh, don't, don't even stop Not even pastors. just... Oh, yeah. man. Uh, so if, uh, if you guys, you know, we can be reached at, uh, how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. If you have anything encouraging to say, we could really use an ego boost right now. Uh, but that's not why we're here. Uh, we are here because we have an awesome podcast that we love to do. Uh, real quick, if this is your very first episode, pause it, go back and listen to last week's episode. Uh, cause we had a very special guest on, uh, with us. Uh, Heidi, Heidi Roush is a youth pastor and she's also a great friend of the show. And, uh, she, uh, gave us some just nugget of wisdom after nugget of wisdom on, uh, youth ministry. Uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, her unique, uh, viewpoint of being a female youth pastor, uh, which is not, uh, not the majority. And so that was really, really fun to talk about, but also, uh, you know, it's always fun to talk about, uh, mission trips to Chicago with middle schoolers. That was insane, dude. That was actually insane. Like I was, can you, I was having like secondhand anxiety from like imagining, uh, like parents reaching out to you and saying, Hey, uh, my son said that someone, uh, was bleeding from the head because he got hit. Like, I mean, that would, that would be a little intense as the youth pastor organizing that. Well, and I remember the second youth mission, the second youth, uh, mission trip that I ever led was down to Puerto Rico. And there was, it was a 10 day trip and about day three or two, even we realized that there was a hurricane headed toward Puerto Rico and you know, we, we kept an eye on it and eventually the hurricane kind of moved its path to the point where like, it was just a, it was like really just a tropical storm. We just got a bunch of wind and rain. It was more rain than anything. And we just stayed inside that day and it was great. I don't remember a single parent (laughs) calling me or texting me like, Hey, are you concerned about this hurricane coming your way? Uh, I, I don't remember a single one. And so to hear like, you know, they are students saw somebody get hit in the head with a two by four. Like, I feel like I probably should have gotten more emails or calls from parents than I did about a hurricane coming our way. There is one concern I have about our previous episode with Heidi. Um, you know, anyone that's been a faithful listener just knows if they're in a hurry and they just need content, just skip 15 minutes ahead and, and pick up where we are. Um, and so for us to just like jump in within the first two minutes with to actual content, I'm worried they miss like the first 10 minutes of, of what, what the deal was because well, there's condition to our normal rantings of randomness. That is true. I hope that, you know, when you, when you just like, you're spamming the 15 second. Yep button uh and and you get to like you know 10 minutes in and you're in the middle of a conversation i hope they backtracked a little bit you think i'm i'm putting a lot i know i'm putting a lot of faith in the how not to be a youth pastor listenership oh they, they're good for it for sure but uh hopefully hopefully they figured that one out yeah kyle in the spirit of quick questions i have one for you today bring it on 
Who did you vote for in this last year's election or this last uh, couple of weeks election? And why did you vote for them? Yeah, this is obviously something that I'm going to talk <laughs> at length about uh, very specifically. Uh, so I, for our American listeners, uh, we had our midterm elections about a week and a half ago. Um, you know, hooray for everybody that won and thumbs down for everybody that didn't. Uh, it's It's funny because you know, we are recording this episode before those elections Yep. <laughs> and uh, Heidi's husband is actually running for office Yep. and we don't know if he won. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be old news, but... And here's the thing is I put this as a joke, like as a satire of who did you vote for because this is not something you would, you know, even fiddle with in any other normal context, but you're like, oh no, throw this in there. No, yeah. And, and I wanted you to throw this in there because I have a very passionate story uh, that that I want to share. And so I had, everybody knows that, you know, when election, it, I, I don't, I'd be curious, like international people, all right, if you're listening to this episode and you don't live in the United States, you need to email us, please. Okay. How not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. I want to know what the, what elections look like for you. If you are in a country that has elections, because I get just a unhealthy amount of junk mail from <laughs> every single from every single uh person that could possibly want my vote uh you know you see like every i I'm gonna watch football this Sunday two days before the elections and ninety percent of the commercials are gonna be political it's either gonna be vote for this person or don't vote for this person every single ad. And, you know, we're, we're kind of conditioned to it at some point. And, uh, you know, just as Americans, we have to just suck it up and deal with it. But there, so, so I get, I get, you know, inundated with TV commercials. I get daily, you know, a ton of mail. I've started to get text messages from, from a couple campaigns, uh, you know, encouraging me to vote specifically for, you know, their candidate there is one individual running for office uh, in in my area. I believe that this person is running for like a state representative. Um, I actually think it's a re-election. Like they are currently in office running for re-election. You just narrowed down that person so, <laughs> so well. But well, I mean, yeah, yeah. Continue. I, I don't care. I'm not going to say their name, but if you go and figure it out, I don't care. Uh, again, this comes out after they already won or lost. Yep. Here's the deal. No joke. I bet I've gotten like 50 to a hundred things in the mail mm-hmm. specifically just for this one person, yep. like voting for this person. I get text messages all the time asking me to vote for this person. I get calls sometimes asking me to vote for this person. Like I want so bad to vote for whoever they're running against solely based on the fact that they are not this person. Yeah. Like they've inundated me so much with content asking me for my vote that I don't want to vote for them. Yep. I don't even care what they stand for <laughs> at this point. It's, it's like a principal thing. Like, do you know how many trees you've ruined mailing me all of this junk that I haven't even looked at? And so I decided next year I'm going to keep every single piece of uh, you know, mail that I get that's political something. And I'm going to see at the end how much I have and who sent me the most stuff just as a fun little experiment. 
and vote for the one who sent you the least. Probably. If I, I don't ever want to run for office, but if I do, I'm running. If, if, so if you're going to run for office, here's my tip. Spend (laughs) all of your experience. Yes. All my experience. Spend almost all of your money on mailers in promotion of your opponent. And you basically annoy your entire entire voting base into not voting for that person. You know what? It, it, it's a seamless and flawless campaign. I, mean, I You know, it's a little dirty, but whatever gets you elected, right? Yep. I'm going to be running. <laughs> for what? You've inspired me. I don't know, but I'm running. Maybe I'll run for like mayor of St. Francis. That'd be fun. Yeah. I feel like St. Francis... So. There are a lot of election offices that like there's almost this unspoken like yeah you don't really run against them they they want it and yep. they just run unopposed or lightly opposed until they retire. Yep. Is mayor of St. you think mayor of a small like St. Francis isn't huge. Is it small enough where that is the case? I so ironically enough there is a person in our church who is running for mayor in a neighboring town and is running unopposed. So like, oh, ironically there you go. enough, which is, yeah. which is awesome. Are they the uh, current mayor? Uh, no. Oh, okay. But wow. They're, 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 they're the only one that wants it. Well, there's other people that want it, but this person is so good and so good at like what they're, like, they don't want to go up against it because yeah. they know it's going to be a losing game. And uh, I'm excited for him. He's going to do fantastic in this role. I really believe. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I'll probably leave it right there. Cause, um, uh, can we waste 20 more seconds? Yeah. Cause then we'll be right it. at the, the 10 minute 10 mark. mark and okay, let's do it. Um, so yep. do you have anybody that you're voting for? Um, I'm going to probably be voting for, um, Drake Mallard or, um, uh, or, or Henwood duck, um, because I will be hunting during the voting process. So I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to do a little, uh, like what can was it? It's not a mail-in, but um, like I, I have to go and vote ahead of time, so oh, I gotcha. have no idea. And I, I, I want to be informed. I'm not one of those people. I lean one way over another, but I don't want to just purely always vote for people strictly based on party. Sometimes um, I like to make sure I'm being informed. So yeah, that's fair. Uh, real quick, um, ah oh, man, I was hoping for uh, some statistics on this, but the internet is kind of, you know, let me down here. Um, every year, you know, write-ins is an option for elections. Yep. And every year Mickey mouse gets like a embarrassingly sizable number of write-in votes. So I'm talking about, and I want to see if I can find out how many people vote for Mickey mouse every year. Can I tell you something also even more random? Please do. I have noticed for the longest time, your office where we presently sit, our recording studio, our high-tech, intense recording studio, has smelled like women's hair product for the longest time since I've been in here today, and I could not understand why. Yep. And now I see you have a uh, a little gift box behind you for what I can only presume is a Speed Delight auction item that very much smells like a lady's hair salon. Yeah, our our high school boys have put together a silent auction that is going to be held this Sunday at our church, and someone generously donated some hair care products. Very nice uh, for their on their behalf. So very nice, and it's ironic because we're doing this guys versus girls thing, and, and the guys the, are getting a females, and the the mom that donated has a daughter in oh. our youth ministry. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, how does your daughter feel about you supporting the guys? Uh, but it's all going to missions, so, so it's good. hard to argue with. Um, 
Yeah, I've got nothing as far as uh, Mickey Mouse statistics, you know, so we could probably l- just l- let's do this. Let- let's dive in. Uh, <laughs> I-, I I made the mistake of saying, "Hey, we got to record this next one fast," and that's almost always surely a death sentence into that's us true. getting hung up here. But hey, Kyle, let's uh let's let's talk about getting hurt, right? Let- let's talk about no being in ministry, having drama, getting hurt because that's just super super great. Um, let the record show. Because I'm not sure if Kyle's going to give me the credit for this. No, I am. And okay. I do want the record to show Perfect. that uh, Derek was the I name most of our episodes and Derek named this one. And I just want that on the record. Okay. Do I get to divulge my my content here? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to put this in the in the actual title? Is it going to make the cut? Is is what you have here yeah. going to be? The, oh yeah, no, I'm leaving it. Okay, perfect. You just want to make sure that I just want to make sure everybody knows that it's yours and not Got mine. It. Okay, so um, as you've seen by now, whether you're watching this or listening to this on your uh, Apple CarPlay or uh, iHeartRadio, which we are now on, uh, shout out to iHeartRadio. Um, save your drama for your mama. Um, and yes, uh, I did create that myself and I'm very proud of it, but we're going to talk today about church oh, drama this and is the last episode hurt. we're doing. Well, it's the last one I'll be naming. That's, that's <laughs> for dang sure. But let's talk about the reality. Okay. If you are in a ministry, if you are in a church, uh, if you are doing some form of really any work with people, here is the hardcore fact. There is going to be drama. It's inevitable, especially if you're in a youth context. Uh, we love them. We think they're the best thing in the world, but we've been there ourselves. Uh, any adult has been there as well. When you are a student in school, there is going to be drama. It is literally inevitable. There's going to be drama amongst students. There's going to be drama amongst students and parents, whether those parent or whether the parents are uh, parents to their students, whether there's, this is a drama between one student and another student's parent, and then the other parent gets involved, all this different stuff. There might even be drama amongst a youth pastor and the student or the youth pastor and their parents. Uh, and so What do we do with that, right? Because if there's drama, the reality is there's also going to be likely some subsequent hurt, something that gets said to you, whether it's to one of your leaders, whether it's about your structure, your character, about you. Uh, I've seen where uh, youth pastors just get absolutely raked over the coals uh, by a parent to their lead pastor, to other congregation members, all this different stuff. And so... Uh, what we want to talk about today is not not that that happens because if you've been in ministry for long enough, you already know that it happens. Um, you know, but how do you handle it? Because I've seen situations, and I'm sure Kyle's seen situations as well, in which this drama or this hurt that goes down causes people to leave your team and step down from what they're doing, how they're doing it because of something that was said, something that was done or something that was not said or not done that they felt that should have been. And I've also seen it to where people will leave your ministry or your church all together because of drama or hurt that goes down. And so ultimately, Kyle and I want to talk about what do you do with that? Because uh, I'm just going out on a limb here, Kyle, but I'm guessing you've seen some of this in your six years of doing youth ministry. Yeah, oh, that's like an understatement. Uh, I've I've seen, I every youth pastor has seen just 
maybe embarrassing is the right word, honestly, like an yeah. embarrassingly amount, embarrassing amount of, of drama, embarrassing amount of, uh, you know, I'm going to take this way more personally than I need to, or than yeah. I should. And, you know, students, I, I think that what is lost a lot of times is that students are students. They're, they're kids. And so one, they're going to say stupid stuff that they don't mean, whether it is to you as the youth pastor or to other students. And so there has, there's, there has to almost be a level of expectation when it comes to drama. Um, you know, the, the drama between, like, I always say, like, parents are some of the hard, that's like one of the hardest parts about youth ministry. Uh, but the drama between, like, youth pastor and student or student and student, anything that involves a student, like, that's not a surprise. Yeah. Uh, that's not, that's not even interesting to me. Uh, the, the stuff where it's like, you know, the drama between, like, you know, youth pastor and parent. All right. That's a little bit more serious. Yep. Uh, drama between youth pastor and lead pastor. Like, okay, that's, that's something that we really need to, you know, spend some attention on if you're the youth pastor, because those relationships are probably going to last a little bit longer. And they also, especially the lead pastor one, uh, if, if you're bad at handling that drama, then you're probably out of a job, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I don't know. It's just, there's the, the student stuff happens more often. But, uh, and so as a youth pastor, you know, and and we'll kind of dive into this, you got to know how to walk through that stuff. Yeah. But the, the stuff that involves other adults, whether it's, you know, a coworker of yours or the parents, uh, that's, you know, that should pique your interest just as much, but in a different way, like, Hey, I need to, I need to take this seriously and devote some actual mind energy toward this so that, uh, so that it doesn't go out of proportion. Well, and I think that this is like a universal concept too, because something I've learned as I've gotten older here is um, really the root behavior and the root uh, response to things between a sixth grader and a four-year-old, um, the root's kind of the same, right? Like, like it's handled differently, right? A sixth grader might say something uh, that's watered down. They might, you know, ghost you for a little bit. They might not talk to you. Uh, but I've seen 40-year-olds do the same thing, just with stronger language, stronger actions, uh, but the root is the same. And so this is not to mitigate or minimize uh, the impact of things that are said to people or, or said to you. This is where you are in a spot, whether you're directly involved or indirectly involved, and you're kind of trying to in, be a mediary here. You're someone who's going to be in the middle what do you do? Uh, because here's the first part I would say. This could probably be a universal concept to any problem in life, uh, but it's so critical first and foremost in regards to drama and hurt is analyze what is going on. We have to get to that root that I was talking about because if there is gossip or drama unfolding in your ministry, you have to get to the bottom of it right away. Something I've heard a lot, something that I really take to heart is culture is something that you either create or allow. A lot of times we hear about this idea of I'm going to create this kind of a culture. It's going to be opening. It's going to be welcome. It's going to be all this different stuff. We can all kind of grasp the fact that you're creating that culture. But here's the crazy thing. Whatever you allow to happen in your midst, 
you are now saying we approve of this. This is part of all part of our culture. So to go along with this, if gossip and drama is something that is not handled in your ministry, and it's something that is just the norm, and you just kind of go, ah, they're just kids. You know, we're just going to let it be. We're not going to get too involved. You are now, in essence, endorsing the fact that yeah, it's okay to gossip here. It's okay to have drama here. We endorse it. We're okay with it. Yeah, this culture piece is uh, even, you know, th- this is where it starts before it starts. Like your first actual action is is to analyze. But setting the culture of your youth ministry is going to set up, you know, this process so much better or so much worse. We had a situation, uh, I don't know, maybe six months ago. It was back in the spring here. And we had a, a an individual, we had a, a high school girl that started attending our youth ministry on Wednesday nights. She had come a couple times and I had some parents ask if they could sit down and talk to me. And I was like, yes, sure. Um, and, and they expressed a concern because this they had been at a previous church and with, uh, with this individual and the, you know, this, this new student had caused a lot of drama. She had, uh, you know, there were lots of lies being spread. There was, uh, just, you know, any, any way that, that drama could be brought into a situation, it was, and they expressed a, a big concern with that because, you know, they were obviously now at this church, at our church, and I remember basically say, cause they were really concerned and, and obviously I, there's a level of concern that I have, but one of the things I told them was, listen, I trust the culture that we have within our youth ministry on a Wednesday night, that stuff like that is not going to be tolerated. Yeah. Like if, if somebody comes in and starts spreading rumors about somebody that, you know, our students know these people well enough to know that that's not true. So they're not going to play into it and they're just not going to entertain it. And, and I, I told the parents, I was like, I honestly don't think it's going to be a big issue because if she's not here for the right reasons, you know, unfortunately she's probably not going to be here very long. Yep. And what ended up happening? She, I, she came maybe four out of five Wednesday nights, three out of four Wednesday nights. And I haven't seen her since because what she was there for wasn't what she was getting. Mm-hmm. She wanted, excuse me, she wanted to be here for a for causing drama and then feeding off of the response of the people around her. And when she was unable to start drama and therefore not get the response she wanted, then she moved on. And so I, I just setting that culture piece, I, I love that. It's super key and is going to set up all of this, you know, dealing with drama stuff a whole lot better if you're able to do that legwork before you get to the drama. And I think that starts with your leaders, you know, that that's something where you both adult and student hundred percent. Yeah. Where you say, Hey, first of all, um, if there's an issue, cause again, you're, you have different personalities, different people, different backgrounds, the rea- the, the thought that we're going to get together and there's not going to be disagreements or differences is laughable. You're going to have that. But if you have this understanding of, okay, if we don't see eye to eye, let's dialogue, let's talk about it. Let's take a biblical approach here where instead of stabbing them in the back behind their back, 
Let's have a conversation and get to the bottom of it. And so when your leaders emulate that and really take that into uh, full-on acceptance, then you really kind of start to cast that culture. And so um, if for perhaps though, it slips through and you have a situation like Cal's talking about where there still is stuff that's oh, it's, happening. You can have the greatest culture in the world and that's still going to be a when, not yeah, an if. Right. And so what do you do with it? Uh, I think right away, something I love that Kyle kind of alluded to is you've got to pull the affected students aside immediately. Um, you know, if, if it's two girls, probably should have another female leader there, uh, not just you alone with with other females and, and all those other very common practices, but pull them aside immediately and say, hey, I don't know what the deal is here, but we need to solve this and kind of trying to get ahead of it, uh, being proactive, not reactive. Don't wait for this situation to get worse. Don't wait for the emails to come to you saying, this girl said this, this girl said this, get on top of it right away. And with that, get to facts, not arguments. Students are so quick to say what happened, followed by immediately, I did this because she did this. And and so you as the youth pastor need to say, okay, slow down. I don't want to hear why you did what you did right now. What happened? Get to the facts, get to the bottom of what's going on before you get into justifications or intent. Because when you start blurring those lines, you're going to naturally start siding and creating arguments that don't need to be happen. So, you know, try to gather as much information as you possibly can right away with that analyzation piece. Um, analysis probably a better word, not analyzation. Well, um, yeah, we've never been no. uh, high level thinkers. I did. I just uh, appreciate here on the you podcast. not crucifying me there. Uh, but you well, know, no, I, get, I had, I had a pretty good one. I don't remember what it was. I had a pretty good yeah. one at the beginning of the last episode. So, you know, there's, there's mercy and, and grace wow. here in the body of Christ, right? Oh, you're growing. Um, you know, and, and I think that that speaks really good into our, our second point here is that whether it's because you stumble over your words or it's just a good idea in general. When you are in this situation, being quick to listen and slow to speak is a really good idea. I read that somewhere. I can't remember. Um, Yeah. You read speak softly and carry a big stick. Uh, Thank you, Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, (laughs) Teddy Roosevelt or Franklin Roosevelt? I think it was Teddy. I don't know. I don't know, man. There, it was one of the Roosevelt's, but uh, I, I think that that's, you know, where, that, that, that goes hand in hand with analyzing. Like, you know, you get in trouble for saying too much. Very, very, very rarely do you get in trouble for saying too little. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and so if, if you are able to, uh, slow down a little bit and I'll speak, uh, from the male perspective, cause it's the one that I have, uh, you know, if you are married, uh, any, any male who is married, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> has been through a an argument yep. or a problem in their marriage where their first instinct was to fix it mm-hmm. and that wasn't the right move nope and so like as like when if you're a man that is your first instinct is to fix 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 uh how do we solve the problem in the quickest most efficient way possible and it makes me think of all of the infomercials that I absolutely love of Flex Seal or Flex Tape. Yeah. <laughs> like, and all the memes. Does, and- oh, 100%. Does that solve the problem? Sure. It fixes the problem. It might not solve the problem. Yep. Especially long term, uh, there's, there's still going to be something that's not dealt with. So 
if you can, you know, listen first and and speak fourth or fifth. Yep. That's uh that's gonna set you up much, much better. Well, it's something to keep in mind too is listen to understand. You know, I think when when you're in that high stress situation or if you're directly involved, I find this true, especially if there's hurt involved. Somebody is coming against you, somebody has hurt you by doing X, Y, or Z. Your first inclination is to hear what they're saying. And as soon as you hear something that you can use as ammo to shove back, you go, aha, I got it. This is why I'm feeling this way. Like it's amazing to me. This is another marriage tip. When you just actually listen with no plan to respond, it's amazing how much more you retain. It's amazing how much more like you're like, you get the full picture and you go, oh, okay. Like that makes a lot more sense, right? Because you're just, you're genuinely listening and you're not prematurely jumping the gun and grabbing what you need to defend yourself. So yeah. how many times do you listen in a conversation, but you're really like thinking through what you're going to say next. Oh, all the time. And you know, like you don't even have my full attention because I'm thinking through and processing how I'm going to word this, how I'm going to phrase this. Is this the right thing to say? Uh, you know, there's a, a local radio station here in Minnesota. One of the, one of the guys on the talk show, he, he refers to it as like, I wasn't listening. I was just waiting to talk. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's a joke, but there is some truth in that. I mean, I legit have had an argument in my brain queued up and I'm sorting through how I'm going to present it without even realizing that I just tuned out everything you just said, you know, which, yeah, which, yeah. which sounds awful, but like it's, it's one of those things and it just doesn't work. So again, we're trying, <laughs> we're, we're going to have listeners that like, after they listen to this episode, they're going to do that. Oh yeah. And they're going to catch themselves mid going, Oh crap. Mid argument. And they're like, ah, shoot. <laughs> I know. Well, but, but I think that they just, I think that gives credence to the fact that when you are in these situations that are high stress, high chaos, high emotion, it's like, it's so unnatural to slow down and to just go, I'm going to listen. I'm going to kind of breathe here. But realistically, that's the best course of action because you got to just slow down and just be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, this third one um, is probably so easy to say, uh, but of our little uh, progression here, this is going to be the toughest thing that you are going to have to wrestle with. And that is do not take things personally. Here's something that is going to slap you across the face, hopefully with love and freedom and make you feel challenged, but also free at the same time. Youth pastors, youth leaders, ministry people, people leading any form of thing with people. Your calling is not contingent on someone else's perception or response to you. That's good. If someone is going to crucify you, call your character into question, make you feel like you're failing at your job. That does not change your calling in life. If God has called you to lead something, to do something, to make a move, it might not be received well. It might not go exactly how you planned. You look at the early disciples or the disciples in the early church in, in Acts. Jesus literally said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel or make disciples of all nations. And then Acts chapter one, verse eight, go to Judea or Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. How did that work out for him, Kyle, early on? Did they, were they well received? Were they welcomed with open arms? Uh, 
Not that I remember. I believe that uh, the Apostle John was famously the only apostle to die of old age. Yes. Yeah. They, everybody else got killed. Yep. Like in brutal ways. Peter oh, was crucified 100%. upside down. Like and all these- for the record, John lived to old age, not for lack of trying. <laughs> like, wasn't the dude no. boiled at one point? Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable yeah and and this whole other topic but just like when you think about just like how soft like modern day american christians are relative to what the the apostles had to go through it's like oh my gosh okay um but in any case my point is just because what you decide to do is not received well does not mean you're not smack dab in the middle of god's calling for your life and so as you continue to lead and continue to go through these things you have to understand that hurt people hurt people if someone is hurt by something if they struggle with something if they've been burned in the past odds are they're going to come back and try and hurt you because that is how they cope with the pain. And so what's super critical for you is something I've been learning over the last six months is you cannot fuse your identity to other people's words stemming from their hurt. If someone says something to you out of hurt, out of betrayal, out of how they feel like you let them down, you cannot fuse your identity to what they're saying. For example, if they say you're a terrible leader and you're like a hypocrite or, um, you're blasphemous, whatever they might say to you, you can't grab a hold of that and go, maybe they're right right away. You have to filter it through truth and through the word of God and through what, what the actual reality is. Yeah. And this one especially goes back to, you know, like the student aspect of it. Like yes. students have not uh, fully, you know, formed the the barrier between their thoughts and their words. Uh, not to say that adults don't say stupid stuff or say impulsive things, but yeah, I think that this is a little this this specifically is like a little bit more common with students where you know they will and and they experience hurt and then they lash out and they say something and uh, you know I I had that happen to me over the summer where uh, a student who was hurt he like he literally got in trouble by me for doing something he knew was wrong. And he lashed out and I kind of had to go through that process of, okay, I need to not just completely take your words at face value and take your words as truth because I understand where you were at when you said them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, again, when you are in the heat of the moment, it's so hard to do because it's high emotion, high stress. Yeah. And so I feel like the underarching theme that I didn't even realize we had in here is just like, when you are going through these situations, you need to just slow and just pump the brakes because they're not going to. So you have to emotionally just try and be stoic, try and just listen and then process as the emotion calms down. Um, and it, it, it's going to be hurt, right? Like I'm not saying like, oh, like, these are easy things to say. In actuality, when you're walking through them, they're difficult to do and it takes time and it's a process. And so we more so are saying these things as a way of like, if you're in this now, okay, this resonates with you. But this is one of those things where you resonate this and kind of, if you're not going through it, you're kind of like, oh yeah, that's good. So that hopefully when you do walk through this in the, ahead of time, you can come back to this or go, maybe this is what's going on. But something that we have to try to do as a youth pastor, as a ministry leader, you have to try and see beyond the words that are being said and see their heart. Like that really is is the heart of it is you need to get to, what they are going on. And it's hard to do that when you're taking things personally. So I got two more steps for you, Kyle. Bring it on. 
number four, after I don't take things personally, man, pray for those that are affected. <laughs> like this seems so simple, so dumb, but like just pray for healing, pray for reconciliation. I'm not even saying that you need to be like, okay, let's just stop and pray. That might be helpful, but this is one of those things where you're sitting down and two students are just going at it. Parents are going at it. This might be one of those internal prayers like, God, would you just bring peace? Would you just bring healing? Would you just bring restoration to this moment? Um, And man, this is so healing. If somebody has hurt you in a massive way, and it's justified, and and they what they did was so wrong and so twisted and so whatever. It's the most backwards, like non easy thing to do. But just pray for them. Just pray that God would bless them. Pray that God would take care of them. Um, because what that does is one, um, it reflects the heart of Jesus because he did the same thing. He's hanging on the cross. He's saying, "Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do." Like that's what Jesus did. But I do believe it's very freeing. You know, it goes back to that whole, um, I'm sure you've used it in a sermon series, Kyle. I've, I've mentioned it before, but oh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and, and you know, that, that whole thing that goes with it. Like unforgiveness is a thing. And so it's amazing to me how praying for somebody and the betterment of somebody really is like another way of just saying, God, I just, I want to actively forgive them. So yeah, that one's... Uh you know, if, if you have two students that are, you know, feuding and there's drama between two students and you're kind of the, the broker between the two praying for those students. And even in that moment, like that's easy, but you mentioned, you know, like some of these things are, you know, easy in theory, but they're hard in practice. Yep. Praying for somebody who just hurt you. <laughs> uh, no, nope. no one's ever had fun doing that. No. No, for sure. Uh, the last one here is uh, just don't hold on to it for too long. Uh, you know, if if there's drama that that you're directly involved in, and you know somebody if, uh, offends you, somebody says something that uh, was meant to hurt you, uh, would be a better way to put that. You know, ha- you have to have a process for processing and dealing with that, and then letting it go. Um, you know, if, if you've got a support system around you that can talk through these things with you and, you know, maybe, maybe it's uh, like, Hey, I just need to call somebody and, and vent for a little bit. Maybe it's, uh, you know, on, on the way home, I'm on my drive home. I'm going to do an extra drive around the block or I'm going to take the long way around, uh, and, and just kind of, you know, give myself a little extra time to decompress Maybe it's listening to worship music uh, to put your heart in in a different state. Um, whatever it is, you you have to have a process for you know getting that stuff out of your system. Yeah, and that might even be um, you know addressing that person uh, specifically. You know, if there is something, I've been in situations where um, this is this is less um, drama and more just things that have been said. Um, it's one of those things. Sometimes we operate under assumptions of what people actually mean when they say it. So there have been times where it's like, I can sit on this and stew on this for the next yeah. how many days, or I'm just going to address the sucker head on and, 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 and call and say, Hey, um, this is how this kind of went down. Here's what I'm feeling. Um, you know, can we just get to the bottom of this? Like, I think there's a lot of value to that as well, but dude, I love what you said about just practical things, taking another, lap around the 
around the block or, uh, or, or that type of thing. But, you know, I think one of the challenges that youth pastors face is how do you, how do you unplug from the job when you go home? Because the last thing you want to do is carry this hurt, carry this feeling like you failed into your house because now it's going to affect your marriage. It's going to affect your relationship with your kids. It's going to affect your walk with the Lord, even if you're feeling like a failure. And so, um, you know, I think there's a lot of value in doing practical things to let God just speak over you and, and to just kind of let this thing happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just the longer you stew in it, the longer it goes on, uh, the more you're going to feel that sting and the more bitter you're going to become towards that person. And the more it, it's, it's a nasty cycle. The, the longer you hold on to it, the bitter you get, the more bitter you get, the less you want to seek rec- reconciliation, which means the longer you got to hold it again. You know, right. So it's just like this <laughs> nasty, vicious cycle that just feeds off of itself. Um, you know, but it is one of those things that it's, these are all so practical and so easy when you're not smack dab in the middle of them. But when they are, these are just things that you kind of got to just walk yourself through for sure. Yeah. You almost have to, uh, you almost have to like practice them in your mind and, you know, mentally prepare, make them find a way to make them patterns in, in little things in your life so that when something big comes along, it's a lot easier to implement it because you have practice and you've already been doing it. Yeah. Save your drama for your mama, Kyle. Maybe, hey, you, your mom it can be a great person to vent to. You know, youth pastors out there, like call mom and yeah, and just be like, hey, listen, we got to talk. Mother-in-law, um, grandma, whoever it is. Or just call them and say hi. It doesn't always yeah. have to be negative. Yeah. But uh, this isn't the Mother's Day episode, but no. shout out to all the, the moms of youth pastors, I guess. Shout out to all the moms. You know what I'm saying? Ah, got them. <laughs> jokes on jokes on jokes. Derek has all the jokes. Um, that does it for today's episode. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, you can contact us, uh, especially if you live internationally. We want to know how, what elections look like. Uh, and where you're from and what your favorite candy is from where you're at. Okay. Yeah. No, I have no problem learning about different candies. Uh, how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. That's where you can contact us. Uh, if you'd like to uh, send c- your candy, donate toward the show, um, you can do that by mailing us cash or um, candy. Or candy. Uh, we take both monetary and uh, diabetic inducing gifts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's the address they can send these to? Uh, just look up our uh, churches, Riverdale Church in Andover, uh, the Bridge Church in St. Francis, and uh, shower us with nonsense and goodies galore. Amen. I love it. That's it uh, for today's episode. On behalf of Derek, I think it's about time I go call my mom. Goodbye. Goodbye.